because I've never had a boyfriend. I've never, like I've gone on dates. I've gone on plenty of first dates. I've gone on, I've talked to people, but I've never had like a, the label of a boyfriend. Marriage isn't the point of life. It's part of life, but it's not the point of life. And when you think about it from an eternity perspective, we won't be married in heaven. And so if we're not gonna be married in heaven, why do we give it so much priority on earth? Welcome back to another awesome episode of Outdated. It's your girl, Isabel Brown. This week, we are talking about a subject that is super important, but that so many people are afraid to even touch in the first place. Singleness. How being single doesn't equate to your entire identity. Maybe how being single in your 20s isn't the worst thing in the entire world, the way that our constantly pushing for hookup culture tells you that it is. And maybe how being single right now on this Tuesday in 2022 is exactly where God intended for you to be in the first place. Before I introduce our amazing guest and we jump into today's conversation, I wanna thank Public Square, our headline sponsor who helps to make Outdated possible. Across the country, Americans are discovering that if we want to change this nation, we have to change the way the marketplace works. Woke corporations are seeking to divide us, big banks are freezing the accounts of people who disagree with their political views, and our supply chain is always dependent upon countries that actively work against our values. It's time for a change, and that change starts with you and your wallet. That's why I'm so proud to partner with Public Square, the largest directory of freedom-loving businesses our nation has ever seen. Public Square is the first app to connect freedom-loving Americans with their local community and businesses in their backyard that share their values. Whether you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against COVID mandates, or a bank that would never cancel you for your political views, Public Square is your guide. I use Public Square in my home state of Arizona, and I can tell you the experience has been awesome. You can too. Just download the Public Square app from the Apple App Store or Google Play, create a free account and begin your search. If you're a business owner, you can also list your business for free so that your local community can find and support you today. Download that app today. It's Public Square, Public SQ. Thank you so, so much, Public Square. As I mentioned, we are joined today by an amazing guest. I have known this person for several years, kind of off and on, um, actually because we both competed in the same scholarship program in high school. You guys may know I'm not much of a pageant person, but when I was in high school graduating out of my senior year, I won the Distinguished Young Women of Colorado competition and was able to travel to Mobile, Alabama and represent my state for two weeks. This young woman who we are interviewing today was the Distinguished Young Woman of America from two years prior to my experience there. Her name is Nicole Renard, and today she is a full-time content creator specializing in all things food, smoothie bowls, Disney, travel, and everything in between. So I've been following her journey as she has grown to the position that she's in now, which is totally overwhelming, making such an impact, speaking the truth, bringing love and light into people's lives in a time where they really, really need it as this world continues to get crazier and crazier and encouraging people to find the light of God. Her name is Nicole Renard. As I mentioned, she has amassed a following of several million people across social media platforms, including 2 million people on TikTok alone, which is absolutely crazy. And amazingly, having competed in Miss Washington, working as a full-time content creator, uh, and being as absolutely freaking stunningly beautiful as she is, 
Nicole has gone on tons of dates throughout her 20s, but has never actually had a boyfriend. And her reason why may be incredibly surprising to you. But ultimately, today she's going to remind us that being single is not your identity, and there's something a lot more important that is. Please join me in welcoming to the program, Nicole Renard. If you guys don't know Nicole Renard, she is a pretty big freaking deal on the internet, especially on TikTok with over 2 million followers on every subject from food to travel to Disney to God and relationships. Nicole, we are so excited that you are one of the first guests here on Outdated and thank you so much for joining us. Wow, I'm honored. What an introduction. Thank you. I'm so excited. This is going to be so fun. So before we really jump into the topic that I want to cover with you today, which is how to find contentment in a season of being single and what that looks like, especially for Christians, I'd really love to hear from you what your journey to become a content creator and start sharing some of those messages actually looked like in the first place. Yeah, gosh, it's funny how it happened because I was interested in it, but I didn't know, obviously everything is so unpredictable. I didn't know if it would work out. I was just posting because I enjoyed it. I have a background in photography and I went to film school. So I've always loved making videos. But um, when I first started my blog, I did it just as a personal challenge to myself to become a better writer and do the things on the list I had made that I kept saying I wanted to do. I realized I was spending more time making the list of all these things I wanted to do instead of actually doing them. And I said, gosh, that's so lame. I don't want to be that kind of person. I want to be the girl that does stuff. And so I created the hashtag do stuff as a way to keep track of all these adventures I was going on and um, kind of a reference point for checking these things off the list and actually putting action to my words. And so it originally started out as a travel blog and I was traveling all over the world at the time. I lived in New Zealand for about six months and I traveled to nine countries that year. And so I was putting together these trip guides and itineraries and thought, you know, for a while that I wanted to be a travel blogger, but um, nothing was really growing. I didn't have a huge following until right when the pandemic hit, I started creating food content. I've always been a big foodie. I was a pastry chef in college, but didn't really ever see it involved any way in my career. So when I started making food content, it was very out of the ordinary for me. I was very used to travel and photography, not food. Um, and my videos started blowing up over the pandemic. I started doing a smoothie bowl series. I did a Disney food series where I was making food from the parks that I was no longer able to get because everything shut down. And these videos started getting millions of views and my followers like shot through the roof. And I was so blown away. It really caught me off guard. And um, for a while I panicked and I was like, oh my gosh, am I ready for this? And then I had to remind myself, yes, I am ready for this. I've been, I've been practicing and training and sharpening my skills for close to 10 years for something like this to happen, even though I didn't know if it would, I know that I'm prepared and I had that foundation already laid, which prepared me for turning this into a business and able to do it full time. And I'm just so grateful it didn't happen back then when I wanted it to, when it didn't take off because I wasn't prepared. I was not ready. I was not ready for millions of people to see my work because it wasn't, it wasn't good. I mean, I go back and watch some of my content and videos from even last year. And I'm like, I can't believe I posted that. It's terrible. Um, but it's cool to see the progress and the growth and the journey. And I'm really thankful for how it all happened. God's timing is so perfect. And sometimes we yes. really want something to work out. Sometimes you just have to wait for it. So I love that about your story. I think what I've really noticed with your content, because I've been following you for a long time, we kind of like halfway met through this program called Distinguished Young Women several years ago when we were getting yes. out of high school. And then I've been following your journey through Miss America, through 
smoothie bowls through Ghirardelli. I mean, like literally everything over the years. And I think what's been so cool is watching your content become more and more authentic and personal and what your life day to day actually looks like beyond what a fun vlog on YouTube put together would look like, but really just the behind the scenes of what you go through every day. And as you've amassed this really big following, I'm curious to know from your perspective, when did you start to cognitively start working in some of that behind the scenes of like your dating life and your faith and trying to share that with others? Yeah, it's funny that you said both of those things because I feel like I'm very open about my faith online, but I'm not so open about dating online. And I don't really know why it's not that maybe I feel less comfortable talking about that because I've never had a boyfriend. I've never, like I've gone on dates. I've gone on plenty of first dates. I've gone on, I've talked to people, but I've never had like a, the label of a boyfriend, but I've always been very open about my faith because it's such a huge part of my life. It's the, mm -hmm. the center of my life. It's the main thing of my life. It's the heart motivation behind everything that I do. And so for me, it's just naturally, I have to share it. Like I can't keep quiet about it. Um, even if I tried, it just comes out in the way I speak. And so I think I realized pretty early on that my gifts are not my own all these things that I'm good at, even my resources, my money, my time, it's not mine, it's God's. And he's given me a certain portion to steward on this earth. In some seasons, it might look more than other seasons, but whatever I have at the end of the day is mine to steward. And I want to steward that well and ultimately give God all the glory back for that. So these platforms that I have, these followers that I have, all these things that I could easily say, oh, I worked for that. I did that. That's me. Look, that's, that's the result of me and all my hard work and my skill and my talent. It's like, no. It, it's God's and all of it is going to go back to him anyway. And so I, I want to be open about that and share my, my journey and give people hope because it's changed my life. I really want to jump into this subject of singleness. Now that you mentioned, you've never had an official with a capital B boyfriend. <laughs> um, I think that's kind of shocking for some people to hear, honestly, because the society that we're living in right now is so heavily focused on never being alone. Like you can't be content unless you're constantly looking for that relationship, unless you're actively working towards having a boyfriend or a fiance or husband. Now, even in the 2020s, we're seeing that narrative expand to like, you should have multiple sexual partners or relationships happening all at the same time. Like you should never be comfortable being alone. What's wrong with that image? And why is that not biblically true? Well, marriage isn't the point of life. It's part of life, but it's not the point of life. And when you think about it from an eternity perspective, we won't be married in heaven. And so if we're not going to be married in heaven, why do we give it so much priority on earth? Not that it's not important. Marriage is very important. In the Bible, it talks about how marriage is the, is the reflection of how Christ loves the church. It's the, it's the highest form of relationship that we can experience here that, that shows us that and gives us that example. But it's not the point of life. The point of life is Jesus. The point of life is knowing him and him being the Lord and Savior of your life so that you can spend eternity in heaven with him not to get married. And so a, a person, somebody else on this earth is not going to complete you. It's not two halves coming together to make a whole. It's two whole people coming together to pursue the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people get that confused because they think all their problems are going to go away and they're going to magically be transformed and changed as soon as they get married. And then you get married and you realize, oh, I'm only becoming more of who I already was. And so for me, when I think of my relationship status, my sister told me this a couple of years ago, and it really gave me peace about being single and being content in the season that I'm in because I was pretty frustrated by it. She said, our lives are meant to be most glorifying to God in whatever season that we're in. So if I was going to be most glorifying to God as a married person, I would be married. 
if I would be most glorifying to God as a dating person, I would be dating somebody. And so it must mean that right now where I am, I am most glorifying to God as a single person because he would not put me somewhere where I'm not giving glory to him because that's who he is. He deserves all the glory and the praise. And so we are as people who were made to worship God in that season where we can do that best. Why do you think we got to where we are now, where marriage does seem to be the end all be all, that that's the only thing you should really strive for because you'll magically be transformed in that moment. We were talking about this um, in the comment section of one of my posts the other day, me and a follower back and forth. And it was just interesting to hear her perspective that we call it like a season of singleness, that it's just something you're gonna be passing through and maybe eventually you'll get married and that's what you should just be keeping your eye on the prize for. But that's not necessarily true for everyone. Sometimes you are called to be single for the rest of your life because you're right, God does put you in the right situations to glorify whatever his plan is going to look like in your life and that might not look like everyone else. How did that cultural narrative that we need marriage and we need a significant other even come to be, do you think? Gosh, there's a lot of different reasons. The first thing that came to mind, though, is thinking of what shapes culture, media, movies, TV, magazines. Everything that we consume is showing us examples and images of what a relationship should look like, how dating works, what marriage is. And unfortunately, very few of those are biblical. A lot of what you see in movies, a lot of what you see in television and what is being portrayed is not healthy relationship, is not reflective of what it talks about in the Bible about marriage and what the purpose and the meaning is. And so I think because we consume so much of that, it begins to shape how we think about it and what we think is the true purpose. And it's really sad because again, it goes back to people believing that getting married and being in a relationship is what gives you value and is what gives you purpose. And until you get to that place, you will never be or reach your fullest potential. And it's just not true because again, the point of life is not to get married. It's a wonderful part of life. And I hope that if it's part of people's plan that they do get married, but if you don't, you can still be whole and complete and live an abundant life that Jesus promises because marriage is not the point. I love those words, whole and complete. And I feel like the more research I've done for this series and the more I've gone through dating experiences and watching my peers and siblings and friends, it's really interesting to me that the label single or dating or married or whatever has somewhat taken over our identity over the identity of just being a child of God. Are you seeing that with your friends and in your life right now? Yeah, I think it's really easy to try and find something outside of our identity in Christ to latch onto and use as a label because maybe it makes us feel worthy. It makes us feel validated. It's like, oh, well, if I could have just something to you know, stick on and be like, oh, I'm Nicole, the, the baker. I'm Nicole, the girl that's dating this guy. I'm Nicole, the, the Nicole plus something. It's like, why isn't it enough to just be Nicole? Because I'm confident enough in my identity and purpose in Christ that I don't need anything else attached to me. Because at the end of the day, if all of this goes away, if my job goes away, if my titles go away, if my everything that I've used as an identifier goes away, what is left? Is that enough? And Jesus says it is because he died for us. And he died for us before we ever did any of those things. So why would that give us value and worth? What's the most common message that you share through your social media about being single and experiencing that here on earth? Oh man, gosh, I've, I've talked about a bunch of different things, but I think something that I notice a lot of people struggle with is because they're single, having this 
overwhelming fear that you're always going to be alone. It's like a sense of loneliness. And so sometimes I wonder, like, maybe it's not a boyfriend that I want. Maybe I would feel better if I just had some really good friends in my life. Maybe if I had community, that desire to be in a relationship would go away. I think sometimes it's less about being in a relationship and more about just the the, the longing to belong and the longing to be known and the longing to be loved. And then I think about that and I'm like, shoot, maybe it's that we truly don't know how much God loves us. And maybe if we really were filled with God's love and we just knew that we knew that we knew so sure in our hearts that like we are loved completely by God and we are known and we can be known by people that we just maybe that desire, not that it would go away, but that it wouldn't be so important to fill. Especially. Just from my own experience, that's kind of what I've noticed in my own life and have, you know, now that I'm in healthy community and have good friends in my life, it's like, yeah, of course I want to be in a relationship, but how great is it and how blessed am I to have good people who are pouring into me and challenging me and sharpening me in my walk of Christ as well. I think that sense of loneliness is especially strong right now, too, as we've moved everything to isolation and like a digital space in the time of COVID-19, like school's online, family is online, you do Zoom over Thanksgiving dinner instead of actually gathering together, you're not really going to work, so you're not in an office surrounded by people anymore for many, many people across the country, and dating is largely online, too, you're not experiencing any of that intimate connection with another human being, and I think a lot of people are using that as this, I don't know, crutch to not find community now that we're starting to come out of some of these lockdowns and the policies that have kept us isolated from one another. I talk to so many people our age who just say it's impossible to meet people, friends, boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever. Like I can't do it because I'm lacking the social skills that I needed to go find somebody at a church, young adult <laughs> group, or go find somebody at a bar or through a mutual friend or whatever. Do you have any advice for how to build a sense of community, not just in a one-on-one -on -one relationship, but with a group of friends even that you can start to fulfill that need to know that you are loved by God and you're loved by other people here on earth that he placed in your life for a reason. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you have to put yourself out there. I think if you want to find those type of people, go to a church, find a church, get plugged in, serve. I think the best way to find a girlfriend or a boyfriend is to serve in your local church. If you're looking for a husband or wife that is loving and pursuing the Lord with their whole heart, we're a better place to find them than in the church that you attend with someone that has a servant's heart. I think that's my first piece of advice. And then kind of just take the pressure off. I don't know why dating has become this big thing. It's like, what happened to just walking up to someone and saying, hey, I'm really interested in getting to know you more. Can I take you to lunch sometime? No pressure. Like if y'all don't work out and you absolutely hate them and you don't want to get married, you're not signing up to get married to them by going to lunch. Like just get to know each other, be a friend invest in somebody's life for a second and if it doesn't work out great have a healthy conversation about it say I think you're an awesome person just don't think you're my person and go your separate ways and you can still be normal and cordial to each other but I think dating has been built up to be this big dramatic emotional experience and I had an experience just recently where a guy reached out and asked me on a date and I said yes and we had a great time we had great conversation we went, we went out a second time but then we both kind of realized yeah I just don't think this is the right fit and we had a healthy conversation about it we parted ways as friends and it was one of the first times I don't feel like my heart was broken so to speak and I wasn't bummed about it all week I didn't cry over it because it was handled in such a healthy mature way it was so refreshing to have experienced a dating experience like that 
without all of the drama. And I'm like, gosh, I'm so thankful that whoever his parents are, or maybe he just <laughs> learned this on his own, like raised him in a way to respect women, not cross boundaries. Because I think when boundaries get crossed, especially physically, when you go your separate ways, it makes it harder and more emotional. So when you respect boundaries, when you are mature, can have conversation and communicate your heart in an honest way, you don't have all that. And I think, I, I mean, I wish dating was more like that because then I don't think people would be so afraid to put themselves out there and get to know people. I think that's so true. Oh my gosh. And the, you don't have to put all the pressure on a first date either. I think there's this big movement of people trying to be upfront about what their exact intentions yeah. are for the rest of their life on a first date with someone. Yeah. And so they say, I want to be married by the time I'm 30 and have five kids. Like, this is really important to me. And I only want to date for a year before we get engaged. That just puts so much tension on what you're exactly right about, just getting to know someone and figuring out if they're somewhat yeah. of a good fit for you and if that could be a walk that you could take together towards Christ. Uh, but you're right, culturally, we have totally built dating up to be this like massive concept that's going to yeah. make or break the rest of your life, which I think sets a lot of people up for heartbreak at the end of the day. Um, and I, I just think we can have a lot more honest conversations if we are willing to be vulnerable. And that sense of vulnerability is really lacking from society today. Uh, but I love seeing that through your social media in particular. And you shared something amazing on your Instagram the other day that I totally loved about how you pray for a guy that you may have a crush on. And it wasn't what I expected. Can you share a little <laughs> bit more about that? Yes. I, I said in the video, if you like somebody, pray for their future spouse, because really it's the most loving thing you can do. In the past, I used to pray and just beg God to let us be together. You know, let him like me back, let this work <laughs> out because I think I know what's best for me. And the truth is sometimes I don't know what's best for me. Sometimes I wish that a boy would like me back. And then a couple of months later, I realized, oh, that would have actually been terrible. Thank you, God, for the protection. But I learned maybe it's more healthy to pray for their future spouse, because here's the thing. If you're meant to be together, you're going to be together. It's already written. And so if you're praying for their future spouse, you're either praying for yourself or you're praying praying for who the person that is best for them is going to be. And if you truly love that person, that is the most loving thing you can do. Love is not selfish. It cannot be selfish. And so if you're looking at it in a sense of like, what can I gain? What's best for me? What would work out in my favor? That's not loving at all. And that is so hard to swallow to even consider that, oh, maybe the best thing for them is not me. Ooh, like that hurts to accept and look at in the face, but that's true love. You know, if you really love that person, you would want the best for them. And that kind of made me think um, just with what you were just talking about and taking off the pressure in dating is like, okay, if we, I'm talking about like believers and Christians, people who are following the Lord and want the best for their brothers and sisters in Christ. The truth of the matter is all these people you're going on dates with probably aren't your spouse. Only one of them is. And so if all these other people are not your spouse and you're just getting to know them, I think another loving thing you can do is set them up to become a better version of themselves for their future spouse. And so when you're dating somebody, even if you realize, hey, this is not my person, leave them better than you found them. Build them Amen. up, encourage them, affirm them in like what they're good at, what they're, I just, I'm still like processing this as I'm speaking it out because I just thought of it, but I just wonder what it would look like if instead of making these like big dramatic breakups and all these emotions, it's like, 
why can't we leave situations being like, hey, you're an incredible person. Someone's going to be so lucky to have you. You're so good at this. Like, this was so fun. I love that we experienced this together. Like, I'm sad it didn't work out, but leave that person lifted up and encouraged to go on and find that next person instead of um, making it all about ourselves, you know? Yeah. That's exactly what we do when we break up is it's like, oh, I'm so heartbroken. I'm so miserable. I feel so lonely, but it's not about that really at all. And another thing too, is like, I have been just much more aware in dating relationships. And if I, you know, when I have a boyfriend one day, you don't know that that person's your husband or your wife until the ring is on your finger and you have said, I do. So until then, anything you do with that person is not your spouse. And if they end up not being the person you marry, that's somebody else's spouse. And so whatever y'all do together, that almost in a way is disrespecting their future marriage and the future person they will be with. And I think about that in the sense of like my actions and behaviors and decisions I make. And I'm like, when I get married one day, I don't want to have to give an account to my husband about everything I did with the 10 boys that came before him. Absolutely not. I don't want to go there. And so I'm strong in my convictions and my values and what I believe in. And I stand firm in that even as tempting as it can be sometimes because we're human. I'm human. I get tempted just like everybody else. That is the one thing that always draws me back and makes me remember why I'm doing what I'm doing and why I'm protecting those parts of myself so that I don't have to have those conversations when I get married. I don't want that. I want to save my marriage. One of the other really... Yeah. One of the other really big things that you have talked about on social media has been this concept of rushing through your twenties in particular, and that there's this extreme pressure by society to accomplish everything under the sun by the time you're 30, because you'll feel old at that point, or even before then you might feel old at that point. And you had a post on Instagram that was talking about this the other day, that young women in particular are feeling this constant push towards getting married, having children, achieving all of your career goals by the time you're 30 for fear of feeling old. What's wrong with that picture? Well, it just, I mean, old is relative. If you, let's say you got in a car accident tomorrow and you died, technically today you're old. Cause that's based off of when you die, right? If you're looking at timeline of life, as closer you get to the end, like that's old. So it just depends on when you die, really. That's why old doesn't really make sense because it's all relative based off where you are in life and what you're doing. And again, when you think about it from the perspective of eternity, there is no time, there is no age, it's eternity, it goes on forever. And so really this is just a blip, but I think where all that comes in again is with media, social media, TV, movies, everything we consume shows us these images and pictures of young couples with cute kids on Instagram, these dream lives, these things that we aspire for, which aren't inherently bad, but when we idolize them and take them out of context and begin to see that and be envious of that and and jealous of that ultimately because we don't have that, I think that's where it can become toxic and dangerous. And so, I mean, I get it. It's if, if I were that girl who was married young to a really cute guy and had these beautiful children, of course I would want to take pictures of them. And of course I would want to post them. I wouldn't do that in a way to like make other people jealous. I think it's just the way that we are in our human tendencies to look at things that we don't have and wish that we were them when maybe that's not what's best for us. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, if we believe that God is who he says he is and we believe that the Bible is true, if it says that God works together all things for good and he, he, he withholds no good thing 
from those that love him, then we believe that where we are right now, this must be the best thing for us. Because God doesn't, God doesn't trick us. He doesn't tease us. He doesn't hold us back from what is good. So if that would be good for you, you would have it. And it might be good for you. It just might not be good for you in this season. And so you have to be patient. You have to wait on the Lord. And remember that, again, at the end of the day, marriage is not the point. The point is Jesus. So just keep your eyes fixed on him and trust and believe like that. I want to have that confidence and faith so firm that I know that God loves me so much that I'm just not worried. I'm not worried that I'm not dating someone. I'm not worried about my finances. I'm not worried about my career. Even if from worldly standards, it looks like it's all falling apart because I know that God loves me and will not give up on me. It won't fail. What advice do you have for young men and women who are single right now, who are feeling envious, whether intentionally or not, of these images that they see through culture and media to find that confidence in their walk towards the Lord and knowing who they are and where they are is exactly who God intended for them to be. I mean, it might sound a little extreme, but if you need to limit your time on social media or unfollow those accounts that tend to make you feel that way, do that. If it doesn't bother you that much, then yeah, of course, I'm not saying you have to go unfollow every account, but if that's something you need for the protection of your mind, do that. But also in that time, get in the word, read the Bible and read what God has to say about you, because the only thing that is going to overpower those lies is true. And so if the truth is the Bible, read the Bible, read what God says about you, read how he thinks about you, learn about how the creator of the universe thinks you're valuable and loved you enough to send his son to die. Like those things are so powerful. And I think as Christians, even if you grew up in the church, you can so quickly overlook that and be like, oh yeah, I've read that a million times. But when you really think about it, it is life-changing. It's radical. It's crazy love. And in, in that, I, I always, you know, you know, make a list of the future husband that you want and pray over your future husband. But look at that list and ask yourself, am I these things? Am I doing this? Am I patient? Am I kind? Am I loving? Am I generous? Am I thoughtful? Am I a good steward of my money? Are all these things that I want in a husband or want in a wife? Am I in myself? Because how can I expect that from somebody else when I'm not even that person? And so in this time, I would say, myself included, I've got a lot of work to do. I've got a lot of work to do on myself before I meet my person. Because here's the thing, when that time comes, and I believe it will, if that's a desire of your heart, I want to be the best version of myself for that person so I can help challenge and encourage them to get closer in their purpose in Christ as possible. Because once you get married, you only become more of who you already are. And that's not to say we're ever going to be perfect or that we've arrived once we get to our marriage because we won't, but I know I have a lot of work to do. And so that keeps me busy enough in the meantime to not really have to worry about it. Nicole, thank you so, so much for all of this advice. I think there are people who really need to hear this message in terms of just feeling comfortable in their own skin, regardless of what season they're at in life, learning to be patient and wait on the promises of the Lord. And remember that all of this is just a blip, as you said, in our walk towards eternity. I think we've blown this entire dating culture so far out of proportion that it is like life or death feeling for so many people. But in reality, that's just one small part of what your experience might be, um, especially walking with Jesus. And my hope is that people find a lot of solidarity in everything that you said. What is next for you as a content creator and where can people find you as we wrap up the episode? 
Yes, um, I am really focusing on my YouTube channel right now. YouTube and TikTok are my bread and butter. So if you want fun travel, food, lifestyle videos, I'm Nicole the Nomad on every platform out there. But I'm working on a cookbook. I'm hoping to have awesome. at least a draft of that ready by the end of the year. But lots of exciting things, lots of trips planned. Um, I'm just really looking forward to everything going on this year. Well, they say the way to someone's heart is through their stomach. So I, for one, am very excited about this cookbook. I'm going to have to try all the recipes. Thank you so, so much again, Nicole. So excited for people to listen to this episode. Thank you. I feel so unbelievably blessed that we were able to have Nicole on Outdated today. She is such a light to the world around her and gave us such an important reminder that being single or dating someone or even being a husband and wife isn't your identity. Your identity lies in being a child of God first and foremost before everything else, no matter what position or stage you are at in your life. If you're going through being single right now and you constantly feel the pressure to be dating people or have a girlfriend or boyfriend, Maybe just take a step back and take a deep breath and ask God to bring someone into your life at the right time. Maybe ask if that is the vocation and the path that you are supposed to be following rather than a different calling God may have for your life. Regardless of what he has planned for you, it is going to be so beautiful and so much better than anything else you could have ever imagined for yourself. So even when it's tough, I would just really like to encourage you to lean into that, spend time in prayer, spend time getting to know Jesus as a friend and as a guide for your life, not just somebody that you know through historic Bible stories, but someone who actively is improving your life with his plan for you each and every day. Don't forget to support Nicole in any way you can by following her content on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, you name it. She is there and definitely bringing light into people's lives in a time where we need it the most. If you liked this episode and you were surprised by this message, don't forget to hit the heart button and save this to watch later. Send this episode to someone that you know who's single, who may need to hear some words of encouragement. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to this channel, podcast, or follow this page so that you never miss an episode of Outdated or any other content that I'm working on. We will see you guys next week for an awesome fire interview of one of my favorite musicians. That's all I'm giving away on Outdated. Before we go, we have one more sponsor to thank. Thank you so much to Makeup America for helping to make Outdated possible. You guys know I've done tons of work with them as an influencer in the past, promoting their eyeshadows, blush, bronzer, lipsticks, nail polishes, you name it. The best thing about Makeup America is that all of their products are made right here in the United States, and they are all cruelty-free, GMO-free, paraben-free, all of the above. In addition, part of their proceeds actually go back to investing in other small made in America businesses too. So cool. Go ahead and check out their website, follow them on social media, and don't forget to use code THEISABELLBROWN for a discount on your next order. Have a great week. We will see you next Tuesday.